Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, welcome back to another week of the NRL SC Talk Draft Waiver Wire Podcast. Uh, to the round three edition this week for the, the Waiver Wire in draft leagues. It's uh, pretty hard to believe that uh, we're already three weeks into the Supercoach season um, and we're ready to break down some of the Waiver Wire targets for this week. As you can probably tell just by the sound quality, uh, it's me, Simon, sitting here by myself doing it solo this week. Uh, Chris and I versed each other in Supercoach this week and uh, gave him a bit of a touch-up, so I'm pretty happy with myself. And he's off out in the uh, Pacific Ocean somewhere on a cruise just licking his wounds. He's not, not brave enough to face me, and I wouldn't be either. After my boy TPJ and Sammy Bird just put a bit, of a bit of a score on him. So he'll be back next week so he can face the music. But uh, as for now, it's just, just me by myself running through some waiver wire targets for draft leagues this week. Um, so, yeah, I really do apologise for you guys having to sit and listen to my voice just sort of ramble on for all this time. So I'll try and get to things pretty quickly and um, try and touch on a couple of important topics. Um, just before we start off, though, I probably should have touched on this a bit more last week, and that's the fact that we're now being uh, listened to through the NRL SC Talk Classic podcast feed. Um, Wenon and Nick have been really kind to uh, have the draft podcast flow through this feed as well this year. So um, I appreciate everyone listening on the NRLSC talk feed. Um, hopefully we're just trying to get a bit more a bit more interest in draft. Uh, I can certainly tell after being with uh, the SC Talk Boys now for I think it's five, maybe six years, uh, the interest in draft leagues has really grown over that time and just the, the amount of questions that come in about drafts this, this time and so many new players coming to draft and giving it a go, it's um, it's really good to see. So we've tried a, a couple of times before to get me, um, or Chris and I, both through the, um, the classic feed, but uh, just a few technical problems have kind of gotten in the way over the years. But we're giving it a go this week. Um, it's always very difficult being a draft podcast given that Team lists come out on a Tuesday and then obviously waivers run 4 a.m. on a Wednesday. So we've kind of got to get the podcasts out pretty quick and try and get them uploaded quick enough so everyone can uh, can obviously have a little bit of a listen and, and get their claims in before bed. So hopefully I get this up in time. If not, you know, I, I apologise. It's, it's really tough to try and do. I mean, everyone's uh, got work commitments and that sort of thing, so... We always do our best and uh, 
this at the end of the day, we're here just to help you guys out. Try and pick up a few waiver wire gems. Um, so, with that being said, uh, I think I'll probably just run through the teams a little bit. Um, I, I guess a bit blasé, more so than usual. I won't go into too many ins and outs. Only ones that are super duper important, um, and some guys that I think are probably worth either putting on your watch list or, or putting a bit of a claim in for in your draft league. Uh, but I'll kick it off first. Um, with the Dragons and Broncos, which is the Thursday night match this week. Uh, really, the, the big news here is the fact that David Feeder is locked down an 80-minute role, it seems, based off of last week with Jaden Sewer going through the front row. So um, I know Matt Lodge is due back pretty soon next week, but I think David Feeder showed you enough that if for some reason um, your league has got him out there on waivers, uh, if you're in an eight-team league or something like that, uh, he, he's well and truly worth a worth a claim for mine. Uh, but other than that, I think most of the Broncos players that are a bit likely to be mentioned are, are all going to be owned in the majority of draft leagues. As for the Dragons, um, I was a bit harsh on Blake Laurie last week. I I kind of just went a bit hard on the fact that I didn't think he had the body shape to be a big minute player and and whatnot. Uh, but he. He was even mentioned on the on the commentary the other night, uh, and then they said, you know, he's got a, got a really big motor and he's working on his physique. But you know, that motor is there. He's a bit of a Fafita type from all I hear. So probably been a bit harsh on him. I, I probably don't really um, rate him as a waiver wire pickup. But if he gets through to free agency tomorrow morning, I think he's probably well worth a look at, um, just because he got the fifty five points in base and just while. Frizzell's out, still out um, with his ruptured nut. Um, I think Blake Laurie's probably worth a start in your, in your front row. Other than that, though, um, I mean, Tim Laffey is a big name, uh, but he's sort of been someone in supercoach circles that's really po- quite polarising. Obviously had the huge score the other week, and he's kind of got that persona of you know ha- having big years when it, when it's a contract year for him, and it's not a contract year this year, but um, he, he looked really, really good last week against South, and it was it was kind of a combination of him looking really good, but also Inglis just looking completely washed up, which was pretty sad to see. I think for the majority of uh, Red League supporters to see Inglis play like that and get humbled like that. Um, but in terms of Lafayette, he's a, he's a real confidence player, and uh, what I really liked by watching that match was the fact that Corey Norman was just giving Lafayette a really, really early ball and just saying, here you go, mate, just do what you need. Because he can beat people on the inside. You can beat them on the outside. He's got a wonderful left, uh, left-handed left flick offload. Um, just a super-duper dangerous player, and obviously he's a strong guy. So I think based on how he's kind of trended recently, I reckon he might be out there in a, quite a few waivers. Really, really like him as a, as a pickup. I know... For a fact, there's a couple of people who are listening to this podcast who have, have seen Lafayette in their team and dropped him just before kickoff last week and now he's out on waivers and would not be feeling too good about things. So I think Tim Lafayette, I'm a big believer, believer of him. I think he's a really talented player and he'd be a waiver claim for mine. On to the next game of the round is the Raiders at home to the Knights. So big news out of the Raiders is obviously Joseph Tarpany with that thumb. It's just been plaguing him 
for season on season now. He's he's someone that I've I owned last year and really loved having him as a dual player in, in the front row and also in the second row. I really, as an owner last year, I kind of wasn't as high on him compared to other people I know in the industry, uh, just because. You know, the, the RFRF duel being lost was one thing, but having owned him last year, I, I, did, I did get a newfound kind of understanding for just how reliant he was on, on attacking stats. I know there was a, quite a few games where he would just kind of do something right towards the end of the match with like 10 to go or 5 to go and kind of he'd finish with an all right score. But, you know, that, that base that he, he presents, it's, uh, it's super low. And obviously there's the suspension risk and, and now the injury risk. So, look, Tarpany owners, you're really happy that it's only come out to be a one- to two-week injury. He could be back next week. Uh, but I guess you he is what he is, Tarpany, now. Uh, he's an injury-prone player with suspension risk, and that's just kind of kind of who he is. But he isn't, he isn't out and out gun when he's on. So with that being said, uh, the big beneficiary – in terms of this team list, is Ryan Sutton getting a start at lock? I don't really know what to think of this news in terms of if you can really take much from it. I was kind of expecting Soliola to get that spot or even start on the edge. Uh, it's probably a little bit of a downtick to John Bateman. Obviously, you'd rather him playing 80 minutes at lock rather than 80 minutes in the second row. But in terms of Sutton, I, I really think he's just like a glorified front rower in that position. So. Not someone that I'd be I'd be sticking my nose out for to go and put a waiver claim in for. As for the Knights, um, they've got the same old team from last week. And obviously, the, with with the Newcastle Knights, I think the real the real news is just how they're going to keep using these forwards. I'm kind of a bit bewildered to how James Gavay is the guy that keeps getting a start there. Just after after the weekend, I think. Guerra, Barnett, and SESE all on the bench, um, at least in my eyes, are, are better players than Gave and probably also Glaspie even. I'm not a huge Tim Glaspie guy. I just don't think he's too much to really write home about. Um, and he he come crashing back down to earth last week after a big score, with a, which included a try um, the week prior. But, look, in terms of minutes, like with the way Glaspie's going, I just don't think that he can really prove to be a super coach relevant player with uh, 33 and then the 44 minutes the week before. It's just not enough minutes for a guy like him, so not much interest in uh, Timmy Glaspie. Next game of the round is the Parramatta Eels and home to the Sydney Roosters. Now, for the Eels, um, Penny Terrapo has been named in the 19 jersey, which was a bit of a shame to some, especially guys who were a bit short in the, uh, in the forwards given the a couple of injuries to, you know, Tamalolo and, and, and Tarping, like I mentioned before. I think there was a few people that were keen. I know I was just certainly one of them on uh, Penny Terrapo if he got the starting spot. But obviously he's he's ticked a few people off with his behaviour. Uh, he's still getting punished by Brad Arthur there, you can see. So he's a bit of a disappointment in terms of what, what could have been a potential waiver. Uh, first... It's also quite interesting to note that um, that Sivo kept his spot, but I think when all things considered, the Roosters coming to town, you're not really starting any any eels backs outside of Ferguson and Gutherson. I don't think 
and that, that probably also goes for Moses and Gillian Brown, even though they both look pretty good to start the year um, and it's been scoring okay. Uh, as for the Roosters, look, you've got Matt, Matt Ikevalu who comes in. Uh, that was kind of ex- expected, I suppose, but there was also that outside chance. I know if you were a Crichton owner, Chris and I discussed him last week as someone that he he is quite down on. Um, he called him as a bust pre-season and has kind of been proven right so far two weeks in. Um, as a kind of Crichton truther, I was really, really hoping that Orbison would get pushed out to the centres and maybe Manu pushed out to the wing to give uh, Crichton a start there. But, you know, Ikevalu's really, um, really proved himself in the lower grades and is an up-and-coming player. And he's been pretty safe, especially in the World Club Challenge and things like that. Um, so he's he's safe as, safe enough, and he's probably you know, worth a free agent pickup in the matchup against the against the Eels, where I do expect the Roosters to run away with a few points. Next match of the round is also on Saturday. Oh, sorry, on Saturday, two o'clock. Manly Sea Eagles at home to the Warriors. Great news for Tom Trubovich owners here with uh, Tommy Turbo back. But uh, I guess in terms of the waiver wire, you've uh, you've got Adam Fanua Blake back. So if he didn't get wavered last week and you've uh, copped a few injuries in your forwards, definitely go and spend a claim to get him in. But uh, in terms of that, I kind of thought Curtis Sirenen might have missed this game as well due to his in- due to copping a few knocks on the weekend. But he's uh, he's kept his spot there, which is good to see for Curtis Sirenen owners. But there's not too much to really write home about. In terms of the manly, uh, manly lineup, onto the Warriors. Now for the Warriors, they've kept an unchanged lineup also, which is a bit of a shame because I've uh, I've kind of I guess raised the flag and held my head up high for Isaiah Papali'i. I've kind of stuck my head up for him, spending a, a number two waiver claim on him in the preseason when he got dropped. I Expected big things for, for Isaiah Papali'i, and I was really, really hoping I'd see him named in that in that back row, either in the uh, second row or in the lock spot. So to see Lachlan Burr there was a bit of a bit of a dagger, I must admit. So I'm always hopeful that Papali'i might get a late call up to start. But uh, as for now, I guess that makes him a, a really, really sneaky free agent pickup if he's been if he's been dropped or if he does get dropped tomorrow morning, then you might be able to look to pick him up a little bit later on. Uh, other than that, though, there's not too much for the Warriors who um, had a bit of a down week last week. Um, you might even say they crashed back to a little bit after the, the dizzy heights against the Bulldogs. The 4.30 game on Saturday is the North Queensland Cowboys at home to the Cronulla Sharks. So, as I mentioned before, you know, I don't need to keep on harping on about the Tamalolo injury. Obviously, if you're a Tamalolo owner, it's, it's absolutely brutal to, to lose a first-round pick or early, early, early second if in, in a couple of leagues where you may have slipped. Uh, I still don't know how in my league, who I do consider to be, I um, wouldn't call it, say it's an expert's league, but it's, it's pretty pretty hotly contested and guys know their, know their shit. So for, for Tamalolo to fall to, I think it was 13th or no, 14th overall in our league was 
absolutely insane. Um, it's it's I know it's really early days in the year, but someone someone took Arrow over uh, Tamalolo in our draft, and he he said, you know, this this Arrow is going to be better. Simply as that, simply put, and um, then this happens. I mean, Arrow goes out and scores 111, and Tamalolo gets injured for six to ten. So don't know how he did how he did that, but that's how it, that's how Tamalolo fell so far in our league. And geez. I still, I'm still in absolute disbelief that he's, he's, um, he's got that right so far. So good on him. But yeah, in terms of waivers, look, Tamari Martin at fullback. I said last week, I think he is a much, much better player in both real life and fantasy at fullback. And I think Paul Green's probably started to see that because Jordan Carr, who hasn't offered anything at fullback over the last few games, uh, and, that, and that's despite the fact that. You know, Hodges gave him that Dalian point, which is just absolutely ridiculous. Um, Jake Clifford getting the start at 5'8 is also rather sneaky. Uh, in normal circumstances, I'd be absolutely mega, mega keen on Clifford. But the fact that Kahu has kept his spot in the 17 really tempers my expectations because um, that means that Kahu will keep kicking. And without Kahu, Clifford took, if Clifford was going to take it, I'd be right up and about that. But Unfortunately not, and as a result, I don't think I'd spend a top six waiver. I probably, I don't know, I, don't know, I probably wouldn't even spend a waiver on Clifford unless I was desperate as. I think he's probably a free agent stash at best at the moment. But he's a really talented player, so look, I wouldn't begrudge anyone who did feel the need to spend the claim there. Um, other than that, for the Cowboys, look, I know Obchicks are gone, so he, you know he's out of the side, which brings old Benny Hampton into the team, which is which is good for the Ben Hampton believers. He's not someone that I'm mega keen on without Thurston there, but he definitely offers a lot more than Obchick does, and he's he's pretty lightning fast, so he's probably not um, not probably not the worst worst look at. And I believe he's got the dual flexibility as well this year, um, which is which is an added bonus there. With um with Benny Hampton, I'll just double check. I believe he's CTW fullback. Yep, CTW fullback. So that's that's a nice little jewel to have um at your disposal there. As for the Cronulla Sharks, look, Sione Katoa went absolutely bonkers on the weekend, but uh, he's still not someone that's really on my radar. I, I don't really rate him. I know that um, going against that SJ right hand side attack is very dangerous to, to say that you're you're going to go against it and you don't really believe it, given what, you know, only two weeks in, it's really showed Nakora, Dugan, and also Katoa. Yeah, you know, they've all been absolutely red hot outside SJ. So I guess it is a bit, bit of a big call, but I was not a huge Cassiani Katoa guy. I don't think he's got the base that I like in a CTW. Sure, he's got the upside, but, I mean, geez, he's not going to go up against Branko Lee every week. So... He's not someone that I'm overly keen on. Moving on to the next game, uh, the Penny Panthers at home to the Melbourne Storm. I'm a bit worried about the Panthers in this game, to be honest. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the the Fisher-Harris, Frank Winterstein, Harmi Sele, back row. Obviously, Isaiah Yo is a huge loss there. I I really do worry that the Storm are just going to absolutely roll over this Panthers pack. Um 
look, bringing Campbell Gillard and Tami out, they're probably going to get decent minutes again. I know um, as a Tami owner, I picked him up as a free agent the other week, and um, you know to see him get the get the fifty six minutes to score himself a, around about the sixty points. Just watching the game live, it looked like he was getting through an absolute mountain of work, and I believe he had forty tackles, so he was absolutely killing it. Uh, I'll just correct that. Yeah, fifty eight points in fifty seven minutes. So he's had 60 and 57 minutes the last two weeks, and I I really c- can see that continuing with that current Panthers team. This is like we know we know what Harmay Sela is, and Frank Winstein's not much chop. So they're going to need to do a lot there to uh, to even be competitive against the Storm. I feel because um, I just haven't really seen much. Like I've watched a lot of football, I watch all the games, but I haven't seen much that I like from the Panthers to start the year. I, I really do hold concerns that they might not be the team that people kind of dub them to be. I think there might be a few underlying issues there that, sure, it might, it might take them a few weeks and they might they might correct it, but um, they just haven't got the talent there at the moment with these injuries that they've copped. So it's going to be going to be a bit of a tough time for the Panthers for the next couple of weeks. Now I think that kind of goes to show with the Wagner Blake scores. To be honest, he's. Um, He's really underperformed, and he's probably not a bad buy low target. But I actually do think he'll be an even better buy low target after this week because I don't think he's going to score much um, against the Storm. Now, for the Storm themselves, look, Dale Finucane had a huge game. He, he'd probably be owned in most leagues, but I know in some eight-teamers he's probably going to be out there because he's not an overly sexy player. He's really your, your meat and potato style. So he's probably someone worth, worth, worth a look at. Um, Suliasi Vunavalu, I'll probably say this three or four times a season when he does score his, his big weeks. Sell him. Sell him now. He's, uh, he's a try scorer, we know that, but he has no base and he's just had the three tries. So try and turn him into something. I don't really know what you'd be able to get for him, but just go out and just go out and float it out there. Vunavalu for Mansour. Vunavalu for Kotrick. Munivalu for those sorts of wingers who haven't done anything yet that you kind of know will do something eventually. And, uh, yeah, Vunivalu is going to really, really um, require those tries. So I'd rather, much rather those other, other players rest of season, that's for sure. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Uh, the last game on the Saturday – oh, sorry, no, I'm on to the Sunday game now, which is the uh, Tigers at home to the Bulldogs. I'll start with the Bulldogs first because it's not very often you get news like this with Reese Martin recalled um, onto the bench. Look, even though he's been put onto the bench, he is still the number one waiver wire pickup just for what he could be. Um, there, there could, there is just so much potential in Reese Martin when he plays. How, given how good a goal kicker he is, I don't care that he's on the bench. You spend the waiver because he could just be so good if and when he does start. Also, um, Nick Meany getting the, the fullback spot, he's well worth a waiver claim as well. We don't know too much about him in terms of the NRL ability, but he's definitely had a couple of good games back in the New South Wales Cup, which has been promising. So um, Nick Meany someone to definitely take a flyer on if you're a bit short at fullback because he is fullback only. Um, last kind of news and notes for the, the Bulldogs is, look, it's it's pretty bad news for Will Hopawati back to centre. Um, it just really, really kills his value. Um, he's still a, a startable player, and don't get me wrong, but he has not got the upside in the centres as what he what he had at fullback. So it's a bit of a shame for for Hopawati owners. And last of all, uh, the Carrot Holland truthers. Uh, I don't classify myself as a Holland truther, even though I own him in my league. I only took him because I wanted it, wanted a backup, backup hooker. And uh, my my honest thoughts about Holland are he's just not a very good first grade player. So I hate having guys in my team that I, where I don't really believe in the talent of the, of a guy, and he's certainly one of them. I know his stats toward the end of last year kind of made me go, oh geez, he was actually really really good in terms of super coach scoring. That was without the kicking, as everyone tells you. But at the end of the day, he's just not not that good of a player for, for, in terms of first grade. So I, I would highly consider cutting him this week. Or, I mean, you, you can hold on to him, I guess, if you've got nothing else doing. But, geez, there's not much to like there with, with Reese Martin about to come back and take the kicking off him whenever he's on the field. So he's not really someone I'm interested in. It's almost like a hands-off all Bulldogs backs until further notice, really. Uh, on to the Tigers. Oh, sorry. Can't go on to the Tigers. I missed another huge one. It was CHN. Holy crap. Harawira Naira, dual second row CTW. They paid big money to get him across from Penrith over the off-season. He's got the starting number 12, and he's a really good player when he gets the minutes. Dean Player has shown time and time again he plays both of his second rowers for 80 minutes. Um, he did it with Fatala Mariner. He did it with Reese Martin last year. And now Harawira Naira has got that spot. And also, it's the point to him, being an 80-minute back rower who you can play in your CTW. For mine, he's the only player this week, uh, outside of the obvious Robbie Farrah, if somehow he was not owned already, which I would highly, highly doubt. But unless he is out there, Pretty much every single person will be targeting Reese Martin and or Harawira Naira as one or two waiver wire claims. And um, I think it's pretty much clear cut in terms of those two players. For the Tigers now, I can go on to them. Look, Mahi Fanua, owners, congratulations. You've got another week out of him. Time is really going to tell what the hell is going on with David Norfoluma. If the Tigers keep winning, 
which they will because they're against the Bulldogs at home. I'm starting to get. I'd love to. This is why I'd love to have Chris here just to get his opinions because he's he's a Nofaluma uh, owner in our league, and each week that goes by with the Tigers keeping on winning, I would hate to know how Nofaluma Nofaluma. What can I say his name tonight? Nofaluma owners would be feeling. I, I really think that um, you'd be starting to get a little bit panicky. I've always been a big believer that he'd be the first one back in, he'd be back into the side with that spot. But look, Fanua hasn't done much wrong the last few weeks. He's just doing his job. Tigers are, are playing well. They're winning well. And it looks like it's going to continue. So I, I really do think that Nofalum is going to be at least another, another week away. Um, and, and as of right now, you basically, it's Mahe Fanua's position until he loses it, I feel. So. I guess we'll just have to wait and see on that one. Whether that means that Nofalum is a buy-low opportunity or not, I, I don't really know how you'd really describe him at the moment. He's almost a sell high, and he, which is weird to say for someone who hasn't played, but you know, it might be one of those situations where you're just trying to get whatever you can for the for the guy. Because um, you know, similar to what we said last week with um, Josh Papali, you know, he, with his minutes and all that sort of stuff, but. Obviously, with Tarpany getting injured, things things could change there. But um, other than that, look, the Tigers are pretty much what they are. On to the 5.10pm Sunday game, which is the last game of the round, is South Sydney at home to the Gold Coast Titans. Now, for South Sydney, GI has been named, but there's pretty big speculation that he's probably going to miss this match. As I said before, it was just really sad to see um, him having a run, run around on the weekend. So um, I, I'd expect a bit of a reshuffle there with the potential of Corey Allen to maybe sneak in from the extended bench, but I guess time will tell. I guess the only reason I'm bringing this up is that if you are an English owner and you are relying on him to start, you need to make plans now because being the last game of the round, there's going to be players on your bench who are going to lock themselves out as their game plays. And if Inglis is a late withdrawal, you might get stuck with um, with not many options. And look, to be honest, he's going to drop Inglis if he's not if he's out, and you get yourself in that position because like you know, he's he's looked absolutely terrible. Um, but look, in terms of waivers, there's not not much here other than other than Braden Burns. If he got uh, got missed the other week, he snuck through the keeper. But I'd, I'd say he'd be owned um, now, given the fact we've had a couple of couple of bouts of waivers. As for the Titans, you know, they've kept a pretty similar team. Um, you know, Branko Lee and Brian Kelly didn't look that good in defence on the weekend. So that that right-hand side, that Braden Burns, Campbell, sorry, left-hand side, Campbell Graham and Braden Burns could have a, a nice little week out again if Branko keeps shooting in like he has been. Uh, hang on, no, I get that wrong. Gagai is actually on the right, isn't he? Because Branko Lee is on the left. So it would be Gagai and Inglis up against Kelly and Lee. So I guess that means Gagai might be the one to potentially benefit from from Branko's mistakes. Look, this Titans team, it's in flux, I, I do believe. Other than Arrow, everyone else didn't really do much. I don't really understand the signing of, of Shannon Boyd. Kevin Proctor doesn't offer much. And, um, yeah, it just is what it is. Not much to do with not much to do with it in terms of um, in terms of waivers. 
other than if Ash Taylor only start to get a little bit panicky, uh, I guess you could see him getting dropped pretty soon by by his owners. So in terms of overall waivers for this week, um, I guess we'll just kind of recap. So if it was me, I think I'd probably have it Reese Martin one, CHN very close second, kind of one A one B, probably a slight bit of an advantage to Reese Martin, but I wouldn't be um, devastated to get CHN number three. T. Mari Martin, for sure, just at fullback there. Um, number four, I would have Jake Clifford, I think. And probably number five, I'd, I'd probably still take a punt on Isaiah Papali'i because I believe he will come good eventually. But in terms of misses, look, I'm not I'm not going to get sucked into Ryan Sutton. Um, he, he's not really someone that I'd be interested in just looking at, at the waivers. And then that goes for Mitchell Orbison too even though he's named um, on the bench, sorry, to start in the second row for the for the Roosters. So, yeah, that pretty much sums up the waivers. So, um, yeah, go and get those claims in and I'll set your alarm for 4 a.m. if you're that way inclined. Um, just to finish off the show, I might just kind of touch on a couple of players that I think are, are interesting at the moment and just kind of give my general general thoughts and advice on what I view them to be rest of season. And in the first one is the name on everyone's lips, really, in terms of Supercoach circles, and that's Robbie Farah. Uh, back-to-back hundreds is obviously great. Um, the guy in our league who owns Farah was, is also the guy that drafted Cook. So if you're in a position like that, you've hit the absolute jackpot in terms of trade value. Uh, you'd almost – well, you, you, obviously you're going to get a lot more for Damien Cook, but you're going to go out there and try and sell Farah for whatever you can get. Um, if you can't get much for him, you might then go back and have a go at um, at Cook. But personally, I wouldn't recommend something like that. I don't know about Farah. He he looks in great shape, but someone that old playing that many minutes, Father Time will probably catch up to him towards the by the time the year is out. Um, with that being said, though, look if he keeps playing well, then obviously he's going to keep going good. He's going to keep scoring really, really well. Um, Josh Hodgson is the next name on the list as a, a as a bit of a fallen gun through a couple of weeks. Um, you have to be a little bit concerned just based on the two sub-50 scores. Well, first one was sub-50. The second one was sub-35. So really, really concerning in terms of um, his output. He's not a huge base guy, but, um, look, the attack's going to come. Canberra are going to have better days. And when their attacks on, he's going to be the main reason. So you draft him to be an upside hooker, wait it out, give yourself some time. And um, I wouldn't be hitting the panic, panic stations yet. Next one is a guy that I actually own, uh, Connor Watson, for the uh, for the Knights. Look, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little bit worried about Connor Watson. He hasn't been as involved as I was really hoping he would be at fullback for the Knights. I think through a couple of weeks, it's been pretty clear to see that um, that Watson and Ponga have got some growing pains there. Uh, it doesn't look smooth. He's not being used on the sweep. He's still getting getting put in positions to get um, support player tries. Um, and he, he's always buzzing around the ball, but he's not he's not someone that's having what I kind of was hoping he would do in terms. Like I thought he'd be a bit like Nickel Clockstad. He just have a lot of a lot of those carries because he's. He just 
take a lot of kick returns back and get himself really involved. But he's not having bulk runs, and with that, he's not getting many tackle busts. He did get unlucky last week, I will say. Uh, he had a disallowed try, which I thought was a bit iffy um, due to an obstruction to uh, – it was on Tamo. I thought Tamo milked it quite a bit. So Connor missed out on a try there. And he also um, passed the ball to Edric Lee when bloody Maloney knocked it out of his hand over the line. So as, as bad as it was seeing a score of 17, if it was any other week, he could have had a try with a line break, a line break try, plus also a try assist, line break assist. So I guess they're the breaks of Supercoach. Um, as an owner, you know, he's someone that I am not actively trying to hit the panic button on. But you kind of can't be selling him now because he's got no no value um, given where you probably drafted him. I know he went round round four in some leagues. Uh, I took him. I took him at the back end of. I took him with the last pick of round four in my league, or the start of five, whatever it was. It was that turn four five turn. Doesn't really matter. Um, so yeah, he, he's somebody that I think you just got to. Got to hold on to because, yeah, as I said, things fall his way. You could have a different um, different outcome. And the last one, lots and lots of people are going to want to know about Crichton. Again, getting you now he's pushed back to the bench. It's starting to get a little bit concerning. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I do love Crichton. Obviously, as a Rooster supporter, I didn't expect him to be on the bench for this long. Um, the fact he started last week in the rain, Still, did, he didn't really set the world on fire in terms of his scoring, which was a bit disappointing. And for some reason, they are, they're just really managing managing his his body. Jake Friends playing big minutes. Um, how how long that lasts for? Who knows? But it's really really tough when you spend a round one pick or, or an early round two pick on somebody like that. And he he just keeps on doing not 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 much at all. Um, but that's pretty much it in terms of the guys that I think are interesting to discuss in terms of their their trade value. Um, there's not really many players that I'm I'm actively selling high on this week. Um, <clears throat> I know a lot of people would would say Pangai Junior, and I get that. I understand why you'd be saying to sell to be to be the Pangai. Um, but to be honest, in in your front row, it's so hard to to get guys who have upside. Outside of Fafita and obviously Fafita, Sergis, Clemmer, Tapao, those guys are are elite for a reason. But if you haven't got one of those, or even if you have one and you're trying to trying to find a, a seat, an FRF two who has some form of upside, you're looking at the FRFs who who could score tries or get attacking stats, and and TPJ's top of that list. I feel um, and. T- and Probably the only other guys that have really got that much attack attacking potential in them are guys like Josh Papali, um, Paul Vaughan, Nelson Sofa Solomona, funnily enough, but he just hasn't got much base. But yeah, TPJ, um, while he's starting, people might think he's getting more minutes. His minutes were down last week, but the Broncos were in more of a game. I think he was just getting rested given how dominant he was. I just think TPJ is just made for super coach. So I wouldn't be selling him as an owner, which I am. Um, not unless you got knocked knocked away with a, or blown away with an offer. But he's somebody probably worth 
worth holding on to. Last guy is, look, Tamalolo. I mean, what, what do you do? If you're a Tamalolo owner, I mean, the poor, poor bloke in our league who's got Tamalolo, um, yeah, he's 0-2. So that, that's going to be really difficult to um, to see what you do in, in a situation like that. Obviously, if you're 2-0, you probably hold him, but 0-2, man, you kind of you kind of got to do something. You can't just you can't just uh, let, it, let it pass you by. And I know he's he's out that gun. You took him for a reason, but surely someone's going to give you something for him. But it's a bit sad. Anyway, that's the way the super coach circle goes. Who knows? You know, the guy you're playing this week might be the guy that cops an in-game injury or something. So you might get, get a win. Who knows? Anyway, guys and girls, thanks so much for listening to us again. Um, I know it was probably a bit of a bit of a dry old episode with me just here, but appreciate your, your support. Hit me up on Twitter at NRL Supercoach Talk Draft for any start tip questions or, or trade advice. I'm always trying to do my best to answer those. Um, or the you can go to the website NRL Supercoach Talk and search for draft in the search bar, and we do have a preseason draft chat that. Um, gets checked over um, throughout the year. So appreciate listening, guys, and Chris and I will be back again next week. Cheers. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 